Hi, this is Ali Ciardo with the Photo Field Notes podcast, and today I am talking with Carrie Swales from Carrie Swales Photography, and Carrie also runs Photography Awesome Sauce, which is a really great educational resource for photographers. And I love this interview with Carrie because she's talking about different ways for photographers to make money outside of just shooting photos. So it's a really unique perspective on how Carrie makes money in her business through a couple of different avenues that you may not have thought of before. So that's that's really fun. I'm going to get to that in just a minute. I also want to tell you, just in case you haven't been through it yet, if you go to photofieldnotes.com slash crash course, I still have my three-day video crash course that's going to walk you through exactly how I run my business. It's just a free course where I kind of laid out all these tips and tricks and things that I've done to gain clients, to market to clients, to book those clients, to avoid the um, black hole where you get an inquiry and then you write back to them and then you never hear from them. All of these things that are really going to help you gain new clients, book more clients, make more money, and just run a more successful photography business. So that is there at photofieldnotes.com slash crash course. All right, that does it. Let's get into the interview with Carrie. Welcome to the Photo Field Notes podcast, where you'll find stories, tips, and inspiration from professional photographers to get you taking action in your own business and making your business dreams a reality. Hey everybody, this is Ali Ciardo and today I'm talking with Carrie Swales who runs Photography Awesome Sauce and Carrie Swales Photography. And I'm going to let Carrie tell you a little bit about herself before I give away too much, but I really like Carrie because she is one of those photographers, you know, we all talk about having a unique perspective and attracting the right clients and repelling the clients that we don't want to work with, but Carrie does this really well. So Carrie, let's start with your story. How did you get into photography in the first place? That's the long bit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) As much or as little as you want to share. (laughs) So I have my degree in K through 12 art ed, and I've always been really into art. Um, I also love teaching. So I I thought I was going to be like the world's greatest painter and I got a nice camera so I could take pictures for reference of trees in particular because that's what I was going to paint. And then I just thought trees got really boring and I wanted to get better at painting people so I thought I could take pictures of people. And like most photographers would probably say it, like I was really bad. And one day I was working this really, really terrible job at a childcare place um, <laughs> that I won't mention by name. And I was kind of mistreated there and I had just started and I was kind of working my way up to be a director. And I just came home one day from work and told my husband, I am quitting. Like, there's no way I can do this anymore. And he goes, oh, well, what, what are you going to do? And I was like, ah, I'm going to be a photographer. And then I decided to be a photographer and no idea what I was doing and thought I was going to shoot newborns. I thought I'd be the world's greatest gift to newborn photography. I'm not. And (laughs) (laughs) so then I moved on to weddings. And when I took my business full time in 2012, I started Photography Awesome Sauce, where I blog and teach. And it was just really kind of to chronicle, like the things I was learning as I was learning them. It's that teacher side of me I couldn't get rid of. I just like answering questions and I like helping people. So now it's blown up into something huge. Now I specialize in photographing um, offbeat weddings in particular. 
Okay, I want to fill that in in a couple places. So first of all, I love that. So you were really just kind of, it was as you were learning things and maybe experimenting with things, you were like, hey, I tried this and this worked and I learned this lesson and things like that. And that's how it got going. And then you just kept it up and that's where Photography Awesome Sauce was born. All right, now let's go back from that moment where <laughs> I think we all have our newborn time when we're like, I'm going to be a newborn photographer. It can't be that hard. They're so cute. <laughs> and I do actually shoot some newborns, but it's very rare now and almost to the point where it's like just really close friends and not something I put a lot of on my site. So I hear you on that. Um, okay, so how did you go from shooting newborns or even kind of feeling like I'm going to shoot whatever it is? Like we all have that. We're like, well, actually, just the fact that you had any focus and thought you were going to shoot newborns into shooting weddings and then into even taking that further, not just weddings, but offbeat weddings, where most people think it's you're specializing just by doing weddings. I didn't love newborns. I felt like they were more work than weddings I at the end you. of the day. <laughs> like, I, I swear my back hurts more after a four-hour newborn session than it would after a 10-hour wedding. And I just found that I got to make better connections with people at weddings. I love kind of the vibe and the conversations. And I felt almost more useful. And I felt like I was documenting something. Whereas those cute newborn photos, they're adorable. Don't get me wrong. But I just felt like I was manufacturing an idea that just didn't seem very genuine to me. So I started just saying, I'm going to shoot mostly weddings. And then I put together a bio that took me a really long time to write. And I've kind of added to it ever since. And it's always been the bio on my website. But that's why people ended up booking me. They would email and say, we just love your personality. Nobody ever emailed and said, we love your photos. It was always like, oh, I have four dogs too. Or, you know, they would find one little tidbit so I found that I was booking a lot of people just based on my personality and being willing to say kind of who I am and what I'm all about or what I love in my bio. So most of my clients were probably people looking for budget weddings, but then I would book a couple people who were just like really nerdy or doing something offbeat because they felt like we jived together really well. And and then one day I said, I think, you know, I'm really bored of shooting traditional weddings. Like, that's great. The photos are pretty, the people are nice, but I really find myself loving shooting those offbeat weddings and those clients that I really jive with a lot and I want to work with just them exclusively. So I decided to rebrand and just go ahead and take the nerdy person that I've always been, that I am at home and just make that my brand. And that's where I am today. (laughs) And I know that I'm sure that's a little bit scary. So it's one thing to be yourself uh, and attract people because you are yourself, which is awesome. Just, just even if you know you do nothing else, just to get beyond your about page being the simple like I like photography and I always loved you know et cetera et cetera. I love weddings and I love capturing you et cetera. So. It's one thing to have that about page that's very you and people are like, wow, this girl is, is she's genuine and I like, I know I'm going to click with her, but it's another thing to kind of go all in and saying, this is the type of wedding that I want to shoot. Did you ever feel like there was a risk to that? Like you were like, did you ever feel like, what if I don't find enough of my people when you did that? Yeah, there were really two risks for me. One that, you know, my business could totally die. No or... big deal. A little bit of a risk. <laughs> yeah. But to me, it was the one, like one of those things, like if I'm going to do this for a long extended period of life or up until I retire, it really needs to be something I love. Because people think, 
owning a business is like this super glamorous life, but it's hard work. And the work is so much easier if you actually love the people you get to work with. So it was like, if I can't work with these people, I just don't know if this is the path for me. And then the second kind of battle for me was knowing that a lot of offbeat or alternative weddings, that these types of clients don't have a lot of family support very often for what they're doing at their wedding. So I knew that their budgets were drastically smaller than what I was working with. So a huge struggle for me was I actually lowered my prices to attract the clients that I loved. And then I started feeling like I'm no longer making a living that's good enough for me. So I had to kind of find a balance in there and figure out how to make it profitable and worth my time and be able to work with the people I love. And it was just, I wasn't sure if it was going to work out. Yeah, those are definitely risks that are not, those aren't for the faint of heart. Those aren't things that you're just like, oh, no big deal. Let's do it. All right. I want to dive into a few areas on that. Obviously, I want to get into the pricing and how you handle that. And you have this whole other fascinating side to your business based on that. But also just within this, how are you finding your clients? How are you getting in front of those clients so that they're finding you in the first place? So... I'm already a huge nerd myself. And a lot of my clients are like Lord of the Rings lovers. They watch Doctor Who. And I figured, you know, the community that I'm already a part of is a great place for me to start really connecting and and reaching out and making sure I'm connecting with like-minded people. So I started looking into like things like having a booth at the Denver Comic-Con. Obviously, that's where all of my ideal clients are going to hang out. Or because LGBTQ weddings are unfortunately considered alternative or offbeat, how can I be a better advocate in those communities? And finding ways to just kind of get more involved and be seen by those people was how I connected best. Obviously, partnering with places like offbeatbride.com, doing advertising there, and then SEO is a big part of it, SEO blogging. So the more I'm getting seen, the more I'm hopefully bringing in exactly the right type of client or bringing in a lot of people to my website and hopefully polarizing them. Yeah, that's and that's my next question. How are you, do you feel like you have to vet people or are they vetting themselves pretty well? Most of the time they vet themselves. Like if I get an inquiry, I would say 99% of the time they're like, where do we sign up? Um, so I'm not even meeting with people in person or on Skype most of the time. They're just ready to book and they want to sign up. That's so great. Obviously, yeah, you probably do repel a lot more people, but you don't have to go through the rigmarole of people coming to you and saying, I'm meeting with five other photographers and, oh, I'll get back to you. You know that when they come to you, they're like, this is my photographer. They know. That's so great. Okay. You talked about the challenge. So you knew that this was the kind of client that you wanted to work with. And you knew that based on their budgets, you actually needed to lower your pricing, which is really scary to have to do. So how did you structure that pricing? And then let's talk a little bit about what you did to make up for that. And I know that's a whole conversation in itself. So (laughs) let's start that conversation. Okay. So I've always priced hourly. It's been a really great way for me to do kind of all a cart package systems never worked for me. So I thought, okay, I'll just keep doing hourly. My problems were that I set no minimum So I had people who were booking me at like $250 an hour for two hours and their entire wedding budget may have been $3,000 for the whole day. And they were amazing people, but it's just not profitable to be doing that. 
Um, so I was thinking, you know, if if somebody has a budget of, let's say, $3,000 for their whole wedding, you know, they're getting married because it's really important to them. They really, really value high quality photography. So how can I keep my price point kind of similar to that, but make more money on the I guess on the other end. So I kind of sat down and evaluated my own personal strengths and weaknesses. Like, what am I really good at? What am I bad at? I am really good at upselling people, like letting them get their foot in the door and then selling prints later or selling additional hours. I'm really good at social media and using that to leverage more, you know, additional hours. I'm really good at, um, at kind of setting up systems in place and automations that will help make things easy for my client. Like, how can I put all of that together in my skills with blogging and just make more money? So I've been blogging for years and I'm very familiar with affiliate marketing. I do it on photographyawesomesauce.com with photographers all the time. And I was like, well, why wouldn't I just do that with my clients? Um, I raised my hourly prices a little bit. And so now anybody who goes to my website can see I have a minimum three hour booking and it's three fifty an hour, which was, doesn't seem uh, like much. Yeah. I was going to ask you though, if you did end up adding a minimum for number of hours. So you did. Yep. So that was a lesson learned. I need to make sure that, well, I feel like three hours is the minimum amount of time I need to tell a story well. Um, and I know a lot of my clients book smaller weddings with less hours to try and save money. Most of my clients don't book over six hours, which is great for me. I don't want to work longer yeah. than that anyway. Right. But also so, knowing there's only so many weekends that you can take. And if you're only doing one hour, then you're potentially leaving an opportunity for another one. Exactly. But still wanting to work with those perfect clients, you know, so it's a, it was hard to kind of figure out everything. So I started building up ideas for getting affiliate marketing in place. And I guess if people aren't familiar with that, it's you know, anytime you recommend something or refer something, basically getting a kickback because you have a customized link or uh, working with a wedding vendor and saying, hey, if I send all my clients to you as my favorite DJ, would you send me $100 per client that I send your way and vice versa? I'm making those kind of arrangements with vendors that I recommend uh, and then signing up for affiliate marketing programs. What I found was so funny is that after putting in this affiliate marketing passive income strategy in place and blogging about it, using it in my email systems with clients, um, and then working with other vendors to kind of network and cross market, I started making way more money per client. So I could turn a three hour wedding into a $2,500 profit. So what does that look like? Well, also, I want you to also touch on just the legality of it, because I know with uh, affiliates, there are some things to be aware of. So why don't you start with that? And then let's get into a little bit more of some of these different places and kind of what it actually looks like when you're putting it into action. Yeah. So in the U.S., you do have to leave a disclaimer. Anytime you have an affiliate link that says where you're going to make money, you need to just say, hey, if you click here, I do get a kickback. And it sounds really terrible. And so a lot of people are afraid of doing it. But if you use that disclaimer as actually a sales pitch, like, hey, if if it helped you that I recommended this place for your wedding invitations, um, when you use my link, it sends me a kickback. And that's just another way to let me know that you appreciate all the advice I'm giving. That's nice. Yeah, because it's not that you're saying you also obviously you want to recommend things that you believe in. You're not just putting things out there that you are just throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. You want exactly. things that you, you really want it to be helpful to your clients at the end of the day. 
Yeah, and they always click on my links and then they share them with friends and family because they're like, we know we're not paying her as much as we think we should. And we know that she's providing us a lot of value. So we want to help her out in any way that we can. Wow, interesting. So they really are, they are your cheerleaders in that way. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's all about building a resource. So with the affiliate marketing system, I really had to spend a lot of time upfront building a robust email funnel and a blogging system so that I was putting out content on my blog for anybody to read and an email funnel that every single one of my clients goes through that just has tons of resources and information with help planning their weddings. Because another void with offbeat alternative clients is that they don't have as many resources or tools for when they're planning. So they're going to trust somebody. If they've gone to my website, they fall in love with me. I already have their trust and I might as well use that to leverage and make a little bit more income, right? So what does it look like? Is it like a weekly email series where you're just giving them tips? It is from the moment that they book all the way until a year after I deliver their photos. Interesting. So it could be up to two years. Um, I start out with everything's run on Pixify up until I deliver their gallery, which is about a week after the wedding. And all of the emails are timed based on their wedding date. But some of them are just like reminders. Hey, I'm checking in or here's some tools for getting ready for your rehearsal or here are some of my very favorite vendors. That's one of the first emails that goes out. And I just want to provide them with a lot of information. After shooting weddings for so long, I kind of noticed a pattern, you know, where like maybe four months before the wedding, people would be like, when are we going to start working on our timeline? Or, hey, can you come to our rehearsal? Or, hey, can you come through to our walkthrough? And instead of, you know, emailing all these individual bits and pieces, my goal is for the system to sort of anticipate when they're going to want that info and send them even more than they would get if I wrote them an individual email. Yeah, that's so good for building trust to keep that in touch and have it. And yours that you said is automated. So you're just going, it's going and they're getting it and they're building that relationship. Yep. I do something kind of similar, but I love how you also incorporate it into these specific recommendations and that you keep it going. So Give maybe an example, like one example of something that you might recommend to somebody and say, hey, if you click this link and buy it, this will give me a little kickback as a, however you said you word it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so my biggest one is actually Shutterfly, which I've talked about it online and other photographers give me a lot of crap for it. But here's the thing, I'm, you know, I'd love it if people bought prints that I had great control over and they showed off my work in the best way possible but ultimately I'm a business owner at the end of the day so I love money even more <laughs> so I'm willing to refer my clients to Shutterfly knowing that I'll get a really big commission from it and I do that once I deliver the gallery I have a year's worth of emails through Shootproof because they're the only ones that have that system and I have links to other print labs. Consumer print labs are great about affiliate links. They want to work with photographers. They'll even let you create custom storefronts. So you don't have to be a wedding photographer to do this. You could do it with newborns or families, high school seniors. And I have links that go out to Shutterfly, um, Canvas Pop, all these places that nobody likes. Artifact Uprising has an affiliate program as well. And you can go to any website, that anything that you recommend, and type in the search bar affiliates and see if they have a program. And it'll walk you through how to sign up and how to get your custom links. And then you can start throwing together emails, blog posts, and using those. So are you, and you're gathering also the 
the names of guests, like the emails of guests, and you're sending that out to them. So they want those things too. So like Shutterfly might happen after the wedding, then you're referring, you're recommending it, and then maybe reminding them if they haven't done it, and and so on and so forth. All right, that that's really it's really interesting. And again, you know, you're getting prints on their walls. So it just gave me two thoughts. One, I was just thinking about how I recommend Rent the Runway and I'm like, hmm, okay, going to check that out because I recommend it anyway for people who are looking for like engagement outfits and um, rehearsal dinner and just recommending in general. It's like such a great resource. I'm like, hmm, well, maybe if I put a little something in there Um, and all of these other things that I'm recommending anyway. (laughs) And then also my other question for you is, so you said that Shutterfly and, and tools like that might be your biggest money makers on the at the end of the wedding. Are you also selling products? Are you even promoting your own products at all? And how does that work in? Yeah, that's a good question. I am promoting my own products and I do have a lot of education in these like resourceful blog posts and emails that talk about the difference between printing through me and printing through a place like Shutterfly. Obviously, I would love it if every client printed through me. But like you kind of said, my goal is just for them to print their photos. I don't really care where. And it's up to them where they want to choose to print through. So I do have a lot of clients who print through ShootProof, and I do offer incentives, discount codes, etc. throughout all those emails to try and push for that. But at the end of the day, really what I want everybody to do is just print and I like to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you do have it and you're giving them the education and you're saying, hey, if you go this way, this is what's going to happen. And if you go this way, it might be a little bit different. But I feel like, yeah, when you really look at people, especially think about guests, if guests are, I do a lot of print sales for guests and they do order prints through me, but there probably are quite a few people who are ordering other things. And I think that it was around the time that I discovered Photography Awesome Sauce it, that was around the time when I started to see that some of my clients were going and doing like canvases and things on their own. And I thought, that's awesome. You know, go ahead and do it as long as you're getting prints. And now I don't even offer canvases. And so I focus on framed artwork myself, but I do actually tell clients, if you want to get a canvas here, that's the one place that I actually have an affiliate. So I kind of thought, you know what? Yeah, you're right. If you're going to do it anyway, like if you're, if you want the full guidance, come through me and I can create this full experience. And I definitely would never want to stop doing that. But I think it's so fascinating to think, okay, if the other side is going to happen as well, maybe they'll do something through you and the other side is happening too, then wow, the opportunity, obviously the opportunity is there. Look at what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's great because if the emails are all automated through ShootProof, Pixify, or whatever programs people use, then it's just like you're getting a check once a month in the mail. Yeah. And you're not doing anything for it except for doing the initial setup of those systems. It's perfect. Okay. So now let's segue into you have actually taken everything that you've learned and you've put this into a course so that other people can do it. I want to hear a little bit about that course, what it includes and where people can find it. Okay. So the course is going to be 97 bucks and it's video online with some downloads. I'm going to have email templates that I actually use myself in there. And it's going to be at photographyawesomesauce.com. Releases May 12th. So I'm sure you'll put a link to it. I will, absolutely. Uh, It'll be in the show notes. So if you need to find, if you can't find it, you can come to photofieldnotes.com and in this interview, you'll find the link directly to it. Yeah. So we're going to talk in that course, not just about affiliate marketing, which is what we're talking about here, but just in general, many different ways to um, get passive income or just diversify revenue. 
because there's just so many cool things that you can do that aren't just affiliate marketing to kind of up your earnings and just offer something different for clients. And it's they usually find it very refreshing <laughs> when you have something different going on. So there's a lot of ways that you can take, you know, if people are afraid to change their prices and and sometimes during different economy, like slumps and rises, people don't want to raise their prices for whatever reason. So if you feel like you're at a good spot, but you want to make more money, it's a great course to take. Yeah, it has a lot of potential. Do you also find that as this is kind of happening throughout the year, does that help fill in the gaps when it's a quieter time when you're not necessarily in the middle of your busiest season? Yeah. So I find that my automated emails through ShootProof actually end up generating passive sales up to a year later. So sometimes it's six months after a wedding, all of a sudden I get a huge order in ShootProof or all of a sudden my check at Shutterfly is like extra big or my check somewhere else is extra big. But people are booking stuff for their weddings, you know, well in advance. So if you're having referrals through other vendors and you've set up that kind of relationship where you're going to help pay each other referral fee, you're getting that income. So if bookings are down, you know, like For me, December is always a slow month for booking. So it's nice to have that extra income and not have to worry. That is so fun. Carrie, this is awesome. I, ah, (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to go check all this stuff out right now. Um, All right. So I'm going to put all those links in the show notes. You can go there, check them out. And I know that photographers can all relate to this, that like, I know for me, I diversify my income. I, my main income is weddings and I do portraits, but I also have income from other places. And it, it's so much more assuring to know that there's a busy time and there's a slow time. And I always know that there's income coming in and I always feel financially secure in that. And so why not put these things in place in a way where we can help our clients and we can help build relationships with our clients and we can make some extra money because yeah, who doesn't want a little bit of extra money (laughs) so that we can actually do this full time and feel secure in our lives. So this is great. I'm going to put all this stuff in there and Carrie, thank you just for sharing your story and for sharing these tips with everybody. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is super fun. Thanks for listening. Check out show notes at photofieldnotes.com. And if you loved this episode, leave your review on iTunes. See you next week.